This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Well, let's take our Bibles and get into the Word study for this evening. And uh, we're going to be looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to reread for you verse number 9 and launch into verse 10. Peter's writing, and he says, Receiving the end of your faith... And one day our faith will become sight. Thank God there's coming a day when we will no longer have to live by faith. That's, that's, a, that's sort of like the rough road to plow in this world, knowing Jesus. We have to live every day. The just shall live by faith. But I'm thankful to report to you tonight that we won't have to do that in eternity. Our faith will become sight receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And then verse 10 tonight, of which salvation the prophets have inquired. Well, that sounds interesting just on the surface. The prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace of, that should come unto you. Now, prophets primarily had a ministry in the Old Testament. And then all of a sudden this word grace pops up in reference to the prophets. We know that the age of grace began at the cross through the bodily resurrection of the Lord. So how does this word show up? in connection with the prophets, if grace, as we know it, began with the dispensation of grace at the cross and resurrection. Well, it's an interesting subject. So let's think about it tonight as we study class and maybe perhaps we'll learn something together. I want us to look now at the first part of this verse, verse number 10. And the thing that I want to mention right off of the bat is this. God has always had a voice on the earth. There's never been a period of time in human history when God was not represented in a voice. Primarily in the Old Testament, God used prophets and priests, and in some ways, kings, prophet, priest, and kings. We know that David wrote many of the Psalms. But the Old Testament writers whom we identify as prophets, they often sought to understand the truths that they proclaimed to others. They, they sought diligently to do that. And they did not quite understand it all. Now, I don't say by any means that we understand it all today. That's never going to happen. I'll tell you this. I've been studying this book for over four decades, and I, I don't even believe that I'm coming close to the surface of knowing all about this book. We'll never know it all until we get to heaven and the Lord chooses to give us instruction and insight as we celebrate our salvation forever. But these Old Testament prophets, they, they tried diligently to understand the words of prophecy that was given to them and 
as the New Testament writers were writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's, it was the same way. They also, these Old Testament prophets, they wrote by divine inspiration as well. We have to keep in mind this, that all scripture, and, those, and this is the scripture that I want you to see tonight in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture, Genesis to Revelation, all scripture has been given to us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Look at this passage. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So all of it, this is the inspired word of God. It's infallible. It's an errant. It's immutable. It cannot be changed. God said, I am the Lord God and I change not. This is, and let me reassure you of something. There are no missing books of the Bible. We have all of God's word right here. So whenever you read or you hear about documentaries on television or you find bestsellers in bookstores about the missing books of the Bible, listen, we have, the word of God is complete and we have it. Thank God we have it complete. And if you come across people in this day and age that would say, dare to say that they're going to write a new chapter in the Bible in fact, I was preaching not too many Sundays ago, and I think I gave you the uh, truthful illustration about a preacher who had proclaimed that it was now time for a New Testament to be wrote. And all of that was to be conforming to his personal deflections of the truths in the word. But I can assure you that there are no missing books of the Bible and God is not adding to the scriptures today. Here's what the word says. Thy word is settled in heaven forever. And we have to believe that. This is the word of God. It is true. It is complete. And it's without error. Now, sometimes, and I touched on a little bit of this last Wednesday night, sometimes the writers of the Old Testament did not understand the inspiration that they were given. Sometimes they didn't get it. And I left off by wanting to share with you an illustration in the Old Testament that talks about that as well. So they're going to get on the screen for you tonight, Daniel chapter 7. And you might want to take your Bibles and turn there as well. But I want to show you carefully what I'm talking about Daniel was a great prophet of God. You know a little bit about his life. But in Daniel chapter 7, I want you to look with me, and I want to read for you verse 15 and 16. Daniel chapter 7, verse 15 and 16. The scripture says this, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head, look at this carefully, troubled me. In verse 16, I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all of this. Daniel was saying, okay, I'm getting this word, but what does it mean? 
What, what is the truth of the matter? So he told me and made me to know the interpretation of things. So Daniel was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit writing, and he's, he's questioning now, what does all this mean? And let me show you another passage here in chapter 12. In Daniel chapter 12, in verse number 8. This is probably the clearest example that I can give you. And he said, and I heard, and you remember when Isaiah was writing and he said, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. You remember? And, and Samuel said the same thing as he was being raised in the, in the uh, home of uh, Eli the priest. This is what he said. I heard but I understand not. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is directing him now, breathing inspiration into him. And Daniel says, I'm hearing you, but I don't have a clue. I don't understand any of this. Then said I, oh my Lord, what shall the end of these things? What shall be the end of these things? And he said, go thy way. Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Daniel said, I'm writing. I'm going to write it, but I don't understand what it means. God said, just write it. It's coming to pass. So the point being is this, that in the Old Testament, the prophets were given inspiration and they faithfully obeyed the voice of God. They obeyed the voice of the Spirit. Even when it came down to the place and point in time when they didn't understand it, they faithfully wrote it. And so here in verse number 10, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 10, there are three main components of this verse that I want to point out to you. Peter uses this word. He said, prophets have inquired. I want you to underline that because that means that they were seeking out. They desired deeply to know. They were seeking after. So Peter reminds us that the prophets had to diligently study the word themselves. They had to ask God and petition God to make plain to them. He is saying this, to, Peter is saying this to us now. You should take time to study. We should take time to search the word of God. In fact, Jesus used this word, study or search, inquire. He he made reference to those words in John chapter 5, verse number 39. This is what Jesus said. He said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testifieth of me. Now, Jesus obviously in that passage was having a conversation with the Jewish people. Uh, they thought just by holding the sacred scriptures in their hands, just because they had access to it, that that was salvation. Jesus was having a very elevated conversation with them. But I want you to notice the second part of verse number 10. First Peter is talking about inquired. The second part of verse number 10, and search diligently, study to show thyself approved unto God. You know the scripture. But look at this, who prophesied of the grace. Now again, we're talking about prophets who were prophesying the word of the Lord, but Peter uses a 
a great word here. And it's, it's an incredible word that he himself was personally associated with, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Old Testament prophets prophesying of grace. Now, again, I want to reiterate that grace as we know it, the dispensation of grace was born and birth on the earth after the dispensation of the law, 4,000 years of the Old Testament, 4,000 years under the law. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, he shed his blood. God bodily raised him from the dead. Grace greater than all of our sins was given to all of us who would accept it. And the truth of salvation, this, this doctrine of grace, even though we are familiar with the story of Peter in Acts chapter 10, where he encountered this wonderful, wonderful thing of grace when God, through the Holy Spirit, showed him how that the gospel was now available to the Gentiles. This took place on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner. By the way, I've been in the Holy Land many times. I've taken people with me up, actually up on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner's house. Today, you can't do it. You can't go that far. Uh, they won't allow it. But I've, I've been on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner's house many times. And it was there that God, through the revelation, the power of the Holy Spirit, gave Peter that great revelation on that rooftop of how it was okay to take the gospel to the Gentiles. But let me emphasize this. The truth of salvation doesn't just originate in the New Testament. I think it it basically runs from Genesis, the revelation. The prophets preached it, and, and Peter's reminding us of it here. It was given to them. Salvation was given to them in the ways of different types, typologies, and shadows. Things to come, so to speak. And I believe that it's also the clear, it's clear in the Old Testament that God loved the Gentiles as much as he did the Jews. And let me explain that because that's, that's, a, that's a bold statement. We know the word says that he came into his own and his own received him not. And then on the rooftop of Simon the Tanner, God gave Peter the ministry, opened the door to the Gentiles. But let me remind you of something. When God sent Jonah to Nineveh, he wasn't going to a band of Jews. These Ninevites, they were barbaric people and they hated Jews. This is, this is primarily the reason why Jonah didn't want to go. But God loved them. God wanted to spare them. God wanted them to know him. And if we could sum this up with this word that Peter uses in verse number 10, grace, that's the grace of God. When God sent Jonah to the Ninevites, it's a picture of his grace. And actually, grace goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Let me share a couple of scriptures with you real quickly here. In Genesis chapter 6, verse number 8, 
I want to emphasize, we don't come across this word grace for the first time in the New Testament. If you go back to Genesis chapter 6, verse number 8, this is what the word says. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When you stop carefully and you study the story about the Hebrew children who were leaving Egyptian bondage and the story about the blood on the doorpost and so forth, it was grace that put the Hebrew children truly under the blood. Grace, listen now, put Ruth, what a woman she was in the scripture. It put Ruth in the royal family. In fact, I want you to see this particular verse. It's in Ruth chapter 2 and verse number 10. As the scripture appears here, follow along with me. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And so let me summarize this real quickly. The prophets were just a little bit familiar with grace, just a little bit. But there's another aspect of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 10. Look at this. Search the scriptures. They, they knew there was much more about grace than uh, that had been fully revealed to them. And so I think verse number 10 is a, is a verse that is impacted with a lot of thought and, and a lot of encouragement. Verse number 11, let's look at this verse. Searching what? Or what manner of time, now in my Bible, I've underlined these three words, Spirit of Christ. Look at that a little carefully. The Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Now, this expression here in verse number 11, the Spirit of Christ, it's important. In all probability, this is in reference to the Holy Spirit. However, it could mean, it could mean there's room for it. It could mean the Spirit of Christ, and that's a testimony of the pre-existence of the Lord Jesus as the Son of God. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse number 9 with me for a moment. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9. Those of you that are watching at home, take some time to turn your Bibles there and follow along with us as we read. Paul the Apostle, he said, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, which we have just read those words, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 11, he is none of his. And so what the Old Testament prophets did know was that they were being led, they were being informed, they were being inspired by the Spirit of God. They were confident with that. And Peter here in this passage in verse number 11 affirms that they were under the control of the Spirit. They were indwelt by the Spirit of Christ. 
They were also aware that the Spirit of Christ in them, and this is what stood out to me in the study, they were also aware that the Spirit of Christ was pointing them forward to a very unique time that was yet to come. The Old Testament prophets were just as curious about the end times as the disciples were. Let me reemphasize that. The Old Testament prophets, they were just as curious about the end times as the disciples. In fact, let me give you a verse in Acts. Turn your Bibles there in Acts chapter 1. And I want you to see this in verse number 6 and 7. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And the scripture says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Again, I remind you that there are 4,000 years in the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi. And since Jesus spoke the words, these words that you just read in Acts, since he spoke the words about the seasons and the times, it's been just a little over 2,000 years ago. Today we are just as curious about the end times as the Old Testament prophets and the disciples, they asked the Lord, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? We're just as curious, I believe we ought to be anyway. We ought to be just as curious to know as much as we can about the coming of the Lord. That's why I invest so much time, not only in writings and books and materials to put in your hands for you to take home and study and read, but preach an annual series on prophecy, we should know or desire to know as much as we can about the coming of the Lord. That's important to us. If it was important to the prophets and important to the disciples in the early church and early Christianity, it ought to be just as important to you and I. And we should take time to study it. First Peter 1 verse 12, let's continue on. The scripture says this, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. And I want you to focus with me here for a few moments. The prophets believed, but they also believed that things were not going to be fulfilled in their own day. This is important. They believed that the Messiah was coming and they were looking for the Messiah and so forth. But as far as the prophecies go about the end of the days, they did not expect the end of time to take place in their day. They believed it was yet to come at some point in the future. They knew that things would happen, but they did not know exactly when these things would happen. Neither do we. In fact, the prophet Joel, 
He foretold of an age when there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I think these verses are worthy to read tonight in connection to this study. Turn with me. If you can find the book of Joel, they'll get these scriptures up for you. And at home, you might have a little bit more time to turn those pages and find the address here. But Joel chapter 2 and verse number 28 is where I want to pick up, and I'm going to read down through verse 32. Joel chapter 2, beginning in verse number 28. And this is talking about the prophecy of the promise of the Spirit. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. So I want you to think about this. On the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit came down, Acts chapter 2, Peter said this as a fulfillment of what we've just read in Joel chapter 2. Peter said, and this is that which was spoken of the prophet Joel. So when the Holy Spirit came down as a rushing mighty wind in Acts chapter 2, Peter is saying, just as the prophet had prophesied, this, what you see happening, is what Joel the prophet said would happen. And so the point being, the Old Testament prophets clearly saw that many of their prophecies, many of their prophecies, listen carefully, belonged to other ages to come other than their own. When Joel spoke those words in Joel chapter 2, he knew that the fulfillment of that was not going to be in his lifetime, but he also believed by faith that it would happen. And Peter verifies it. He said, you see what's happening? This was prophesied by the prophet Joel. But even he knew that it would not be in his time, but it would be in other ages than his own. They laid, here's the thing about the Old Testament prophets. They laid the foundation for the apostles. They laid the foundation for the disciples. So when we go back to verse number 12 in 1 Peter chapter 1, I want us to notice the last part of that. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. He said, The gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. That's in reference to Acts chapter 2. Which things the angels desire to look into. Angels have always been in, I believe, they've, they've always been interested in God's dealings with our planet. I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. Brother David did a marvelous job on the study of angels. 
a couple of months ago, but I will say that one of the things that we have over the angels is amazing grace. They, they don't, listen now, it, that's, that's a song, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's a song that the angels cannot sing. And I believe that there is rejoicing in heaven over the repentance of one who comes to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But angels do not know what it's like to be the recipient of God's amazing grace. They don't know. They rejoice. That's another one, God. They have trusted your son, Jesus. And the Bible says there's rejoicing in heaven. But they don't know what it's like to be redeemed. Now, I want to end with verse number 13. I don't have time to develop the verse tonight. It's time to end already. But let me just read this verse for you, and we'll come back and pick up here next Wednesday night, Lord willing. 1 Peter 1.13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.